Hi, this is Nancy Norton, and you're listening to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you take your pain and play with it. I'm a former nurse. I got out of nursing for the same reason a lot of people get into it, to save lives. I heal with humor now. I'm a comedian and a speaker about the power of humor. On Traumedy, we talk about some very sad, scary, and dark subjects sometimes, but we lift them into the light with laughter. Traumedy is not a replacement for trauma therapy, but it may help you get by between sessions. This is peer-to-peer sharing. We learn from each other. I'm learning so much, and I want to thank each and every one of my guests and my listeners who often become guests. I hope this podcast is helping you heal at least half as much as it's helping me. We've suffered enough. Let's have some fun. Welcome to Traumedy. My guest this week is Michael Isaacs. And Michael is a comedian who I met here in Denver, man, several years ago. But you just moved here from? I'd moved here from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, where's, where, that's where I went to college and started comedy. And uh, yeah, but I didn't grow up there. I grew up in, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. You did? Mm-hmm. And where did, did you learn to mask your accent? You don't seem to have that Tennessee accent. Uh, I don't think it was, I, it was never an intentional thing. Um, maybe just growing up on television and stuff like that. Uh, but like you can see through like my, my mother and then my grandmother, like the, the accent progressive <laughs> works its way out as you're, uh, you know, every generation, as you're, so, I don't know, societalized or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> societalized. Now see, I can get a little more Southern and I have to admit, and this is, I, I'm doing it on per, I mean, it, accents are funny. Mm-hmm. So oh. I, I mean, I can pull it out. (laughs) (laughs) I totally exploit my Ozark background. Mm -hmm. And when I go back to the Ozarks, for sure, especially if I have a little cocktail, Mm -hmm. that twang is right there. And there are certain words that still do not sound like the word, the possessive for their, it's their glass. Mm -hmm. Their, I feel. Their glass. Their glass. It doesn't sound right to say their glass. I, I mean, I, I have some leftover stuff. You know, I say y'all very frequently, you know. Which I think for now with the inclusive pronouns, that's a really good skill. It's the one thing the South has been ahead of the times on. <laughs> yeah, youans and y'all. Yeah, youans, y'all. Those are the Southern inclusive pronouns. That's right. And so you d- grew up outside of Nashville, went to college in Chattanooga, and clearly something, I'm curious, you're, what I love about your humor is, I mean, we were talking about the continuum of silliness. You are way over there on the silly spectrum. So, like, I feel Monty Python energy. I feel, I don't know, what who, who you do so many, like, sketches inside your stand-up. For sure, yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, but uh, I guess, like, the first people I was into was, like, Dimitri Martin when I was, like, 13, 14 was one of the first people that I got into. And then Zach Galifianakis, like, blew my mind, his live from the Purple Onion thing, where I was like, oh, you can do it like that, you know what I mean? Where it's like, he's he's doing a character the whole time. He's, you know, and then Mitch Hedberg, of course, uh, discovering C- Stephen Wright was, a you know, obviously a big moment for me. And then, like, later, like, Rory Scoble. I, I like the absurdists, I guess. You Absurdist, know. yeah. Yeah. And the willingness to do such dry satire, and like you you were saying in the kitchen earlier, how some people take it at face value and mm-hmm. really think you're angry at them when yeah. they don't understand that you are the best ch- children's, I don't know which part of it. <laughs> the, the, the number one kid's comic. The number one kid's comic. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love how you double down, triple down, and just commit. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. What's wrong, sir? He's like, oh, I don't want to laugh at that joke. That joke's for babies. I want to laugh at a joke for a grown man about briefcases and classic T-birds, you know? Do you know who I am? I'm the number one baby comic in the world, sir. You want to hear my best uh, baby joke? Here's my best baby joke. Okay, ready? Hey, guys, what's the deal with airplane food, right? Oh, open up the hangar. Open up for mama. I know it's broccoli, you bitch. Kids eat that shit up, you know what I mean? Just, just if they can't get on board in the first minute, it, I, I, I have a hard time. Oh, no. If you don't immediately know that I'm doing a bit of a character, yeah, like I'm not mad to be here. This is what I like to do, <laughs> yeah. even though I'm scowling. You know, I'm playing 
a bit of that. And I, I don't know what the uh, solution to that is or if it needs to be, you know. Have but, you have you had that experience in general in your life where I was thinking about how it might reflect some of the relationship, as we all do, with society mm, not getting us mm, in general. So is it a way, I wonder if it's like a tool of finding your people. Like, mm, man, that you're doing it on stage is a really compressed thing, but in life, do you talk to people in a way that, you know, if they don't get you, you can just know, like, that's... You know what I mean? That if you if sure. you do that really dry, satirical. Well, I'm a social bouncer. Unless I really like know who I'm talking to in like a party or like if I'm out somewhere, you know. Yeah. And we lock in and we're talking about something that we're both like passionate about. I, I'm very good conversationally that way. That's fine. But like if I'm just kind of in a place where it's a bunch of acquaintances. I'm a social bouncer, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I'll I'll go here for a minute and then go over here and then go over here and, and just kind of excuse myself. So I don't know. Yeah, like, until you find something interesting. I like I like like mess ups in comedy, you know what I mean? And like and then really trying to over justify that mess up and turn it on someone else, turn that embarrassment on someone else. And that's probably just feeling like I I wanna I wanna encapsulate that <laughs> Like if you're in a group of people and you say something and it, and, and it didn't hit, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, Make it a, and then like overwork to, <laughs> to like justify it. Justify it, double, and then it's about you. Right. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And it, it's like almost like forced empathy or something. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel so awkward. I want you to feel just as mm -hmm. awkward or maybe a little more. Right. A little right. more awkward than I'm feeling right <laughs> yeah. now. And I definitely deflect and take the heat off. That's, yeah. it's. Hey, and the, the fact that if you're willing to do it mm -hmm. is... If it backfires, yeah. I, I feel it. But I, I also, I have I'm strong ribs for that, I guess, too. You must. You, know? you must. Because you're taking such a chance every time. Because uh, my <laughs> blessing and my curse is that... I don't know if it's, it's part of growing up codependent, where mm -hmm. I totally need people to like me. Sure. It, which is, I mean... But the thing that I've noticed, and I used to always do this on stages, I dig at least one hole, and it was fun to watch me crawl out. Like, I could find a way out, but I really right. needed them, like, uh, to like me, ultimately. But I feel like there's certain comics that are willing, and I think of, like, well, you know, there's just a lot of you guys out there that are willing to let people not be comfortable and will embrace the awkward. Mm -hmm. And also, like you said, if they, are, if they don't buy in... That's a long set. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're up there for 30, 40 minutes, you know, oh, uh, <laughs> and you just kind of, you just kind of eat it. I don't know. But also bombing's not that bad. Like ultimately there's nothing to be, yeah, there's nothing to really truly be embarrassed about except for to the person that possibly like maybe the producer of the show, there's a little bit of embarrassment there. They trusted you to you know, do the show or if it's a big stakes opportunity, of course, if you don't do well, then you can internalize that. But if it's just some crowd, you know, it's just like, you're not, I don't know, you're not for me. Have you had that experience where after that, after that, like, let's say the, the main crowd did not, did not get it. Mm -hmm. Then do you have people, a couple of people come up to you and just say, I love that so much. Like Definitely, they, they yeah. saw what you were doing mm -hmm. and they, they celebrate you. And it was, maybe it was just for that one person. Right. And I do want to like, now, obviously I'd love for every single person in a crowd to be loving me and, and you know, that sound and that obviously we feed off that. Right. Of course. But there is also something that makes people more passionate about, you and, and, or, or feel like you have another connection level of connection when like, it's always nice when there's like one table, not on board. Yeah. That's, that's th because then everybody else kind of is like, Oh, this is an inside joke between all of us. You know, hopefully it is just one table or, yeah, that's or a the, couple of people. That's the ratio. Like, <laughs> yeah. Instead of half yeah. or instead of like one table liking you, but that inside joke quality it does does like bond or something like that oh they don't they don't get us and it's like you know yeah acting like they're in involved in what you do too I don't so know. that's great to leverage that contrast right. mm -hmm. yeah i love that i think about people on the path to fame versus entertainers i feel like i'm an entertainer um but there's nothing super like i don't feel i don't feel like 
there's something like, I've, in fact, I'm sure of it because I know I'm different. Every, every crowd, what, what does this crowd need? What are they? And I have like 35 years of experience where mm-hmm. I'm pulling and, and there's forks in the road that I'm like testing that. And then I'm going this way. So I'm giving them what they want. Right. Then there are people like you. And I think of Tig because Tig used to open for me back in the day. And the first time I saw her, she got fired mm-hmm. from a strip mall. Wow. And I was like, I mean, this is how we bonded uh-huh. because... They did not get her at the Westminster Strip Mall okay. at Wits End. Yeah. You know, and they had her as the host, which I want to say that too. I've been wanting to say that at comedy. We, you know, we're here in Denver, but there's people here everywhere. But sometimes they have people doing host jobs. I'm like, why are you making right. Noah Reynolds be the host? I just feel like that's not fair to him and his personality and who he is. Like that's, the, but that's the way comedy works. Does it? You have mm-hmm. to host, yeah. but not everybody should host. But anyway, I don't know why I, I'm picking I, Noah. I, I, I struggle at hosting too. I'm definitely, you know, trying to get better, but I feel like I'm doing a, another version of my act than what I would rather do. And yes, in some ways I'm getting better by doing that. Because I have to like, yeah, it makes you more versatile. But should everybody host? I don't, I don't, I, I, don't, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't either. Yeah. But anyway, what I was gonna say, so Tig uh, bombed, but yeah, there were a couple of people I saw. I watched these people that were so drawn to her, and I was one of. I was just like, oh my god, mm-hmm. you have something that. I mean, you have more stage presence, and the same with you. I feel like you have that. That I always call it embrace the awkward. I, there's no other way. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. a succinct way I say it. Yeah, I like to I like to chew on a, a atmosphere of you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of like is everything okay? And then and then regain their confidence. Yeah, but and, but know that you're okay, mm-hmm. and no, but but this is like you're being so true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're being so true to what makes you laugh. So that's what she's doing, and that to me, what I've read somewhere that. If 10% of the people like you, that mm-hmm. is like this path to whatever that is, where you have a loyal, dedicated following that right. like what you do. Mm-hmm. Like if we follow you on Instagram, but by the way, what is your Instagram? It's just Michael Isaacs and then underscore. But if you search Michael Isaacs, you'll get it. It ends with an underscore. Mm-hmm. <sighs> See right there is awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the, who uh, ends, who ends it with I an had <laughs> I had a different name and then I was just like, I have to explain this too much. I'm just going to do my name. You I know. know I, I, let me just tell you as somebody of this generation, I'm a boom. Uh-huh. I'm actually a boomer, which yeah. I, my, my soul is so much younger, but uh-huh. I am a boomer, but why? And we had CB handles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back in the seventies. And this reminds me of CB handles on the CB, stupid CB. handles. C- oh, <laughs> this is so, this is how okay. I love how cute and young you are. Yep. CB radio back in the oh, day okay, okay. before cell phones, you had to have this. And when you went on truckers, mm-hmm. you went on the road, you had CB radio. Okay. And then channel 18 was mm-hmm. the truckers channel. You could right. listen in. They would tell you where the cops are, right. tell you about the weather, look over your shoulders, fog, watch out. You know, like That's you, like, you, this is mud flap. Yeah, this is mud flap. And I was, I mean, this is like how unfunny I was because mm-hmm. my handle was funny girl. Funny girl. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like <laughs> funny girl. There's two types of comics. The ones that say, <laughs> have the title blank is funny and blank is not funny. Those are the two. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them. It's well, just <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'm a little more direct. My brother was the outhouse mouse. I remember that. My dad's handle, my dad's handle was happy hour. He's not an alcoholic. Your dad is not an alcoholic. (laughs) His handle was happy hour, whatever. So he had a handle. He had a handle. Oh yeah. You had every (laughs) on his, uh, actually he did buy bourbon by the, Mm -hmm. like, what is the half gallon that had a handle? (laughs) He just buys bourbon by the case because it's economical. (laughs) Anyway. Point is, uh, this reminds me of the CB handles. Like, who the fuck is Outhouse Mouse, you know? I right. I hate that about Instagram. Trying to figure out, or like if you're, you know, there's this social media thing. We have to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you do a show and I see the poster and we got to tag all the other comics on the poster. Right. and you're going to be and, like, what do they call again? <laughs> I can't figure out. Yeah. Or people that send me messages and then I have to do some investigative. Right. Thank you for doing Michael Isaacs underscore. Underscore. Yeah. Yeah. Very but nice. I, it just made it simple. Under... Because you can say understated. Yeah. Under- <laughs> <laughs> so if we go to your reels, we're gonna you're gonna see Michael Isaac's doing like all kinds of kind of sketches. You do a lot of acting too. Yeah. Sketch I have comedy. A sketch group, and you know, I um, yeah, I like sketches and I like songs too. Oh really? yeah. And so what I was saying there, as you get, and I really see this for you, where um, you get that loyal following that likes what you do. Right. 
That is right. so cool. It's a it's a different like I will say that hopefully one day I'll get to the point where like only fans of me come to see me. Wouldn't that be something dreamy yeah. where right. you can take stuff to the twelfth tag? Right. But then again, I think what's fun too, and I mean, even I've heard Seinfeld say this, like he, he misses the day where he can walk into a, a room of people who have no idea what mm-hmm. he's about to present. Right. And I mean, there's, that's kind I of, I wish he'd take advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was I, funny in, in Seinfeld's uh, last special. He's like, all right. So halfway point of the special, right? He's like, all right, now. Uh, you've seen how I see the outside world. Now I'm going to take you inside my little square, my inner house. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, cool. This will be something interesting that I haven't seen from him that he will, uh, you know. Reveal. Reveal something about himself. Get a little personal. Vulnerable. Something like that. Get vulnerable. And then, no, he just literally talked about, like, the most generic, <laughs> nameless, faceless jokes about, fatherhood and parent like and 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 marriage right yeah <laughs> you know? where it's like he didn't reveal anything no about himself. it was, was just, just like, a closer look right. at observation what are you revealing this is where we could get back into your like inner you know the the intersection between your comedy and what is going on when you when you're bringing a Someone on stage is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is happening for you in that moment when you're ma- making someone into a, what is it? A centaur? The centaur bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there, is there anything, and you don't have to reveal it, but I mean, is there anything behind that, that you know of? Like, again, this is tromedy. Mm-hmm. We're trying to like take the inside out, maybe deconstruct a bit or just reveal or. Right. Or is it just pure silly for like, silly sake? I, I don't know, in terms of origins or something like that, I, I mean, I can tell you how the joke was made, but, like, I, I I I don't know. I think I just thought it was, like, super silly. I don't know. Just see <laughs> how do. far you could go. To see how far I could go, and, yeah, maybe you could, uh, like, I have felt like a bully when I've done that, and that's never my intention if I choose the wrong person and if, like, like I am, I'm, fi- I'm literally like bullying someone to get onto the ground. Literally <laughs> always, always a, a male, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Cause that would not be cool if that was, uh, you know, not the case, but, um, I have felt like a bully and I have been embarrassed doing that. It's a risk every time I guess, you know what I mean? And, but like in terms of success rate of it happening, surprisingly high, uh, not in terms of how good it is, just in terms of like getting, it actually happening. Yeah, really getting at, so being able right. to dominate a person to sure. get on their knees and act like the front of a it's the front yeah. of a centaur. I want someone to be active and involved and enthusiastic to do it, but I have felt like a bully before, and I have had people complain afterwards. afterwards. I was at one show and I asked someone to do it and I start, I don't tell them what I'm going to do. I just say, um, would you like to help me out for a joke? I choose someone specifically that's hopefully enjoying the show. Yeah. And they know you by now they should, because you've already, it's, this is at the end. Mm -hmm. Typically, typically it's at the end. And I had someone come on the stage and then from the back, from the back of the room, someone goes, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, ah, what are you talking about? (laughs) No, come on. And she's like, my sister's boyfriend did it and they broke up. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Okay. Surely there's other underlying problems. <laughs> <laughs> if if this was the catalyst, yeah, there must sure. have been some groundwork yeah. for breakup. Just someone needed an, an excuse or whatever. But I mean, that made me obviously feel terrible. It's funny too, but like, did it make you feel terrible? And I was like, ah, don't don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going back and forth. Yeah. Don't listen to them. Yeah, don't listen to them. Just get on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> what could go right? Yeah. Sure. So I mean, I I don't want that to be you know, like yeah, my intention. Yeah, you know that but. you cause someone to feel so traumatized or humiliated but you know what if it is somebody super narcissistic asshole who has to dominate all the time mm -hmm. and then he it it broke his spell like maybe mm -hmm. he's a sociopath maybe you saved a woman this is how i'm sure. reframing this That's because right. who would break up after this but somebody who cannot take a joke like exactly you, do, right. do you want to be with someone who mm -hmm. can't take a joke right you might be saving or do you want to yeah or you do you want to be with someone who thinks that you letting your guard down for a second, you know, weakens you in their eyes or something like that. Yeah, if it was, vice, if it, if it on was the, the reverse. Right, that, like she know. needs to be with the stud in right. the room and that he got dominated by a comedian. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it could be in both directions. Oh, I like this. I will say I, I, actually, have, I have actually done it in a bit of spite before. <laughs> <laughs> you saw an asshole in the audience? Yeah, well, I... I, oh, you was, knew I was doing an improv and a stand-up show combination, and these uh, this improv team was outside, and they were complaining about this guy who wouldn't shut up in the audience. And I was like, "Do you want me to embarrass him?" <laughs> <laughs> now, that took your power, yeah. yeah. But then he he was like massive. He was probably two hundred and fifty pounds of muscle, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so I pull him up on stage. He, I get next to him, and then he starts like grabbing my legs. So like the, if, if anyone's just listening, yeah. someone's on all fours. Right. I, we have I no video. The, <laughs> someone's on all fours. I stand next to their head to give the audiences, the audience a 2d perspective that I look like a centaur with their body as the horse and my body as the torso. Right. And yeah. head. Yeah. And he starts grabbing my leg to put my leg over his head which is something I'd always wanted to do, but I feel like that's invasive. So I'm, ne I'm never going to do that. But he invited it, so he put it... Like my, over his shoulder? Over his shoulder so that I'm straddling his neck. Oh, right? like a that. piggyback He thing. did it. Okay, so. he did it. He did it. <laughs> and then he stands up. So I'm on his shoulders. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm six foot one, six foot two. He's, he's you know, six foot two, six foot three. So You're I'm 12 I'm, yeah, I'm feet like, yeah, 12 in the air. Feet. And I, I mean, I thought, I think I'm just going to like bust my head, just fall and just, you know, oh. uh, but he had me. It was like a baby bird in his arms, you know. I don't know, <laughs> if, I don't know if he was an ex like gymnast or something, but he knew how to handle a... Uh, a strapping you know, man on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like going to one shoulder. He's putting me back on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I, I didn't film that night. I should have. Dang, it. it's always that night that we don't have the mm -hmm. cameras rolling, mm -hmm. but we have it here, and yeah. it keeps it special. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've gone back and looked at, and I'm, um, I was talking with Steve Stephen Gillespie last week about the Dose Show. Mm -hmm. oh, I had the most magical, and I friend that was there was videoing it. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I have not had the courage to go back and look at yeah. it because it was so magical. I kind of don't want to ruin it. I don't know about you, but yeah. every once in a while I'll have something that just, it's so magical in the moment, but it doesn't translate to video as well. Sure. So maybe it's best left in the mind's eye and in the heart and soul. But hey, this guy actually had you and it worked out mm -hmm. somehow. Right. <laughs> and, you, and, what, what? and then he was like, you owe me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> So I got manhandled by this. This I thought he, I thought I was going to bully him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead, he tossed me in the air. Man, I, that's so. the story of my life. Can mm -hmm. I just tell you I right know, now? Anytime yeah. I've tried to bully the bullies, yeah, it doesn't be cool in front of this improv guy. Want me, <laughs> want me to take care of him? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Cut to. Cut to. You guys are dating. <laughs> yeah. <for He's> Uh, you're like on the circuit now playing that game of chicken in the pool. Mm -hmm. Like it becomes your thing where we're like, it's, I don't know. I was going I with, like, there's a whole tour of that. Like where you go, <laughs> yeah, you go sure. neighborhood pools. Yeah. Just put a trench coat around us. And I'm we're the world's tallest comedian. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, uh, you were talking about the dose show. I will say the, the one um, like mushroom show that I've done 
is it really emphasizes, even though I have listened to the audio, I did record the audio, and it's there's no there's no reason for laughter. Like what I'm saying is not you know like yeah good or funny or anything, but like it does reinforce that so much of comedy is just like what energy are you putting out? That's it. You know, you can just feel like the the goofiness, silliness. You know, that's it. And yeah, sometimes it's just like literally just readjusting your body language that can change everything the body language but also which i, I am very spiritual mm -hmm. like i am really playing with energy and i started mm -hmm. studying this just watching crowds and and, and i used to be <laughs> i used to be a little bit of a comedy snob mm -hmm. about content and i was so annoyed when these hacky comics were getting all this laughter mm -hmm. and I felt like my quirky thing I had worked on all day down to the syllable was falling flat. It was just so upsetting. And then I just, I don't know what, I just started seeing something and I started seeing the energy and it actually become less content dependent and more energetic and, you know, like really throwing, like consciously throwing it and, and not just that, but like, you know, like trying to connect with their muses. I'm mm -hmm. doing this weird spiritual thing these days. Right, like yeah. I'm, I'm rarely, I gotta be honest, rarely the funniest person in the room mm -hmm. ever. So I, I just happen to have these like funny little, I'm willing, I think it's our willingness to be so silly. Right. And I think it's our willingness to just like, Oh, I'm going to take that little idea that just came to me and act on it immediately. I think the proximity of that and right. somehow breaking down that shame and doubt, which, you know, helps like, okay, I'm not going to worry about what's socially correct. Mm -hmm. Breaking those social rules is also funny. Yeah, you are stirring up an atmosphere, whether it's an energy or whatever you're doing. Yeah. It is almost more akin to like, obviously you can have nice, tightly written jokes that are intellectually stimulating and they work on a mathematical level. But at the end of the day, the most effective performers are, are doing some sort of like some sort of sorcery that's 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 like you know sub sublingual you yes know I mean? like yes on the subconscious yeah yeah in the quantum physic realm in the somewhere quantum physic realm. i love that mm -hmm. yeah and i love that dough show i want to live there i was like i want to live here i just want to do this well i'm gonna take a deep breath and ask you to do the same <laughs> only because i want us to breathe this is one reason i do not video this because i like that if we can get into our bodies around this a bit I'm just curious, again, like maybe you don't know and maybe it doesn't matter or mm -hmm. maybe you don't want to say, but is there any trauma that you're aware of that you are taking care of yourself with comedy mm -hmm. that you have that, that that you just see that comedy has helped you cope with whatever it is. It could just be stress. It could be, I don't know if there is anything that you have recognized in your life that, oh my God, if I didn't have comedy... I don't know how I would cope with this thing. Because as you kind of know, like my jokes aren't particularly personal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can draw, you know, connections to real things that happen and then do it. Right. But I almost look at what I do in a, like a, like the music of it or something like that. It's like the way it sounds, the words and stuff like that is like a element of the words I choose. Like, I feel like you got more of like a pure comedic consciousness for comedy's sake alone. But then I'm also, there's a little curiosity I have because of that amount of distance between you and your comedy where I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if I just was curious. I was just like, has Michael ever felt like the front of a centaur where, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, where somebody sure. like, or uh -huh. I think even just being in our society and forced you know, sit at a desk eight hours a day as a kid in school mm -hmm. with ADHD and cr highly creative minds. Right. You know, that alone uh, is sure. a thing. Like St St Steve, <laughs> Steve Gillespie just played his bit about uh, being, you know, put on meds in mm -hmm. school. It was like, something's wrong with him. He doesn't want to sit at his desk for eight hours at a time. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, I did have, um, I, I, I do, I guess I am thinking about like how particularly my brain works. Most of my jokes are very short. And they have um, a bit of a world inside themselves, right? But on this like short thing, yeah. Like so, like it's it's maybe a minute, two minutes long. <laughs> I'm polyamorous. I like to be locked in a cage and have sex for crackers.
It might bite your finger. <laughs> and if I did, my girlfriend would be fine with it. It builds taller, but not out. So I don't do many like long, long things. And I will say that there's probably some link to that with, um, like I, I have a degree of obsessive compulsion, um, but it's really, it was manifested earlier when I, like when I was a, a kid as a tick disorder. Now I don't necessarily have ticks anymore. You know, I don't, you know, uh, unless really tired, really stressed or something like that. Right. But it's more like an obsessive thought loop that I would have as a kid. Right. Just like all the time. It's OCD. So like or doctors were trying to, you know, wrangle it in the mid two thousands or whatever, but I was definitely one of those experimental ADD, you know, like medicated kids. I was on stuff for the tick disorder, for like OCD stuff, you know, and all that stuff. They had changed the prescription I needed to get for ADD to this um, one that they didn't think would stimulate my nervous system, you know, like um, like like an amphetamine would, mm. right? So they did more of a depressant, right? Okay, yeah. Um, to my nervous system to balance things out, which made it like super lethargic and you know like didn't want to do anything, oh, gained weight, everything like that. But um, so I do think that through comedy I have been able to think really hard about one thing in a way that I think is prog like, like, uh, or usefully, yes, you know, like that is what's, what's the word? Purposeful. Productive. Yeah. Productive, <laughs> yeah, purposeful productive. and so curbing your neurosis or curb curbing your, you know, the things that maybe affect you in other ways in mm -hmm. a good way. Yeah. The other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking my son's, uh, psychologist who tested him for ADHD and said he's highly impacted by it. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, what's the other side of that coin? Obviously the teachers are really frustrated. They're the ones that made me like, they're like, please, you know, like my husband so benefits from that. They were telling me all these personal anecdotes about how they're medicated, their medicated husband or the teacher themselves. I'm like, okay, right. I'll take him. But I said, what's the other side of that coin? He said, highly creative. And he is highly creative. You have that same thing, I guess you do a lot of music and, mm -hmm. and so it's not like even curbing it. It's like, enjoying it, right, enjoying exactly. your gift. Yeah. Cause if we look at it as the gift that it is, it's really finding that outlet. That's what we're talking about here. I have, I have the problem that I will just fixate on something and I, and I can't get it out of my brain. And I've come to recognize that about myself now. And it's, I guess it's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like now I have coping mechanisms, but I will hear something and then I'll just like somewhere I'll be even thinking about other things but it'll just continually just be like a, a loop in my mind you know whether that's the name of something or whether I made up a song when I turned on a street you know what I mean yeah you saw the name of the street which maybe sounds whimsical <laughs> but in the experience of it it's just like it I might have even laughed to myself when I made up a song about uh, Timberland Drive. You know what I mean? Yes. Timberland Drive or something like that. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and, and then it, it stays. And it just stays and it just loops in my head and it loops in my head and it loops in my head. And then about 30 minutes, an hour later, I'm like, what? Wh I don't even realize it's still in my head, but it's just been there. You know, the whole time, Until almost like tinnitus, like I have a ringing in my ear, yeah. but that song has been in the background yeah. in your ear like the whole time. Right. And you know, I was thinking about Maria Bamford, but Maria Bamford is one of my comedian go-tos that because she's so transparent with her mental illness. And I think, she, I think she says it's a form of OCD that she has unwanted thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's under that category. Not that we need to categorize it or diagnose I mean, that's it. That's what they were kind of calling it when I was a, when I was a kid, you but, know what I mean? Now I have more of the language to actually like know what's kind of like going on, you know? And now I'm not as like, I guess, worried about it because I have an outlet. And the thing is, yeah, when it comes to like writing stand up, I think I initially responded so well to stand up, not only because I was like a, such a fan of it as a kid, but when it became, when it, when it came to writing stand up, is I could think really hard about a thing and then let it out. And then people, yeah, they responded like, yeah, well to it, not initially always, but like, if I got a little bit of like, no, you're heard. And the time that you took to think about the thing 
is appreciated. Is appreciated and celebrated. Right. Ooh, I just had this idea that it need, it wants to be expressed and it's going to stay in there until it's expressed. Now, a lot of it's useless, <laughs> but if I can well, recognize like, and, and, and right. divide, categorize. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so that, like, this is something worth thinking about. This is, is, you know. Right. Timberland Drive. Does Timberland Drive need an outlet? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Or is there a song that's like, hey, we've got a song and we really want it to come to the earth. I'm okay. I'm thinking in spiritual terms, like these muses, yeah. these, these, like, let's say you have these spirit, let's okay, imagine, join me in my world right. where I imagine muses and spirit guides are speaking to you, are speaking yeah. to you and saying, uh-huh. Hey, wh- here's my philosophy. Let me just share it with you. I feel like we came to earth to expand consciousness and I don't understand what that means and why, mm-hmm. because it's like, if it's infinite, <laughs> if it's infinite, what do you compare it to? I don't yeah. know. But expanding consciousness is the whole, like whole thing we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And so they're like this, this song, Timberland drive, believe it or not, has a frequency that will expand the consciousness. Mm-hmm. Please express it. Tell it to the next person you see. Right. Timberland Drive, and they go, oh, my God, I was just. <laughs> okay, here we go. So you say Timberland Drive. That sounds like more like I'm a virus. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, maybe we are. Yeah. Ah! But hopefully I can get something that sticks in someone's head, like the best kind of jokes are the kind of jokes that you um, are just out in your normal day, and yeah. you just hear. Uh, the joke about melons that someone has and in the most beautiful moments in comedy I've had is when like I've had like a couple come up to me and be like, we say this to each other all the time. Yes. And I'm like, okay. So I've like ingratiated myself into their life. Like they're using it. <laughs> like f- running jokes that help people dissipate either tension uh-huh. or bring them together, bonding them. This yeah. is about therapeutic humor too. I, so funny you say that because I'm going to give myself a little shout out. Mm-hmm. And again, I think I've mentioned Tig too much on this. I think, I, I don't know. But the point is, <laughs> I mean, I really have been watching the arc of her path and the fact that she's able to honor her muses so much. But one of my bits that I haven't done in a long time because I feel a little ashamed of it, but it's about my, br- my grandmother went blind mm-hmm. and then she went senile. So she could not remember that she was blind, <laughs> which is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So every morning... She was like, I can't see, you know, like a rooster at our yeah. house. Like, ur, 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 I can't see. <laughs> I like, And I would tell can't her, grandma, you? you're blind. You went blind 13 years ago. And she's yeah. like, oh, Nancy, <laughs> I just can't see today, which I think is a blessing. But I can't see became a th- running joke in Tig's family. Uh-huh. Like, I can't, That's great. Yeah. I can't see. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that, well, that's the highest compliment. I, I don't know. That I do. I get, love that it. Someone can ingratiate it into their life. And, <laughs> and like, and also like, there's something about living beyond yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> if my jokes are in people's heads, whether I, you know, if I die tomorrow, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or what about the experience of the oneness? Because they say the mirror neurons, when we get a joke together mm-hmm. that says I am you and you are me. Like at that moment we are, we are in union. Right. So I do feel like it, it is that like, okay, that we are not alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, what I want from this podcast, this peer to peer sharing, mm-hmm. here's some shit I've had to deal with. Here's some ways I've dealt with it. Here's a, and then specifically for this one, this is how comedy has helped me. But it doesn't just have to be comedy. It's music. It can be muses. It can be any. I just feel like expressing, honestly, and just letting people know, because we are so many times we're in the closet or we're masking mm-hmm. stuff like this. I just love that you're willing, and thank you for being well, willing I, to share that struggle yeah. with I mean, unwanted I, thoughts. I mean, if you want, like, more if I'm thinking about it now, you know, is, is like when I was, I think I shut down a little bit socially, uh, even though I was very, very, you know, talkative, chatty uh, as a as a young child, you know, I think I when I started going to see like neurologists for this thing for obsessive thoughts, unwanted thoughts, and then um, and then at the time of puberty, them manifesting as like as ticks, as a tick disorder, you know, like <laughs> like stuff like that, you know, what just I mean? a little like, sound or a like little, a little movement. sound or a little movement or trying to, you know, like, but I don't know what it's like to have actual Tourette's. Uh, so I don't know if this experience is the same, um, but 
it, it's not an involuntary thing. It's my brain going, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Clench your throat, clench your throat, clench your throat. And somehow it'll make it, you feel better. Yeah. You do the thing, you get the thing, but the thing is nothing. You know what I mean? Like you do the thing and you get the feedback of, yeah, I did it, but the thing is nothing and it doesn't help with anything or anything like that. But it's like, you feel compelled. And when it became like a vocal thing, then that actually started causing uh, quite a bit of like uh, embarrassment, you know, like uh, yeah. I, I, I had a, you know, young, young, cute girl in my class would be like, shh, and I was like, I can't help. It. And she was very apologetic and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But yeah. just like those moments I do remember of like being like, ah, why? just shut up you know yeah like not being able to control it like feeling out of control yeah and so uh, I think I think a lot of that dispersed as I kind of learned to kind of cope with it and also I think just you know the excitedness of like pubescent you know hormones and stuff like that and that was I think was urging on a lot of the more active ticks. Um, I do think that making small things that I can control, you know, little jokes, right. Right. And building them up instead of out is, 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 is a manageable thing that if I put it out into the world, if I say it out loud, then it's, it's a good thing. And it's not like it was like a, you know what I mean? A problem. A problem. It's it's the gift. Yeah. And I do, those two sides of those coins are always like that, aren't they? It's like the problem and the gift and then learning how to channel the gift. And I see that, like, I'm thinking like, now it makes a, I'm getting a little connection there with the absurdist, like some of those unwanted thoughts. Like the idea of bringing someone on stage should be a human centaur in front of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sure, yeah. the idea that you're doing it mm-hmm. and people are celebrating it. Yeah. Like I need to do this uh-huh. every show. <laughs> There's a part of me that must manifest this yeah, sure, and you yeah. do. Uh-huh. And I lo- you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. starting to see that now. Now I get it a little better. That helps me understand those absurdist thoughts need to be brought into a 3d like i love this theater of the mind thing too but you also do it physically and i feel that like i feel like you dance with these muses way up high in the sky that are i don't know high which i really mean high frequency that i feel like like i said i feel like it's pure it's almost like pure pure music Uh pure muses okay yeah that are that that are like Hey, okay, all this shit's going on on Earth, but look over here. Mm-hmm. Look over here, and I just feel goosebumps everywhere right now. Like you yeah. just have all these muses. Do you feel it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, feel for goosebumps. Sure. I feel the truth <laughs> chills. Like you have, you just dance with these high frequency muses, like a very evolved soul or something. That's not tethered. Like I'm still tethered to a lot of my trauma. Sure. You know where you're like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to be. Ground. I think I'm grounded. I think I'm like, you know, um, what grounds you? Yeah. What is your, like, do you have a routine that's like, okay, I'm really grounded in this way. Well, it's a boring answer, but reading, reading a lot. I mean, I read, I read sometimes too much to that are, it's like a bad use of my time. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, is it really though? Like it grounds you, but like being, getting out of my head into someone else's thoughts. Right. Is, uh, is kind of the only way I've been able to kind of like silence my constant loop of, of thoughts. Okay. Which is, which is funny. Cause I've, I've always been told that I'm very kind of, I seem a little bit, uh, not in a negative way in, in a, per, like people are usually complimenting it, uh, unaffected. Like if someone gives me like some, you know, like real bad news, I, I'm, I, I have access to the emotions. If it's like bad news, like I'll, I'll cry and I'll, you know, actually grieve appropriately and stuff like that. However, it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to flip out. I'm not going to like rage and, and throw things and stuff like that. Huh. But interiorly, I, I am just a, a lot of thoughts, like, I don't know, just, so, just constantly, but being out, be able to, able to get into someone else's thoughts by actually dissolving. When you, when you get to that real good moment in reading where you're, you're it, gone and you're in there, you're in it. It only happens every once in a while. It doesn't happen every time you read. It's just like. But when you know you're in there and you just like, yeah. that's, that's timeless and you, and you, I don't know. It's like and, and, and you get to rest. Yeah. Your sure. mind can rest and you can have a break and you're like, I'm in this world and I trust this author so much that they're going to take you on this journey. So who are your authors? What kind of books are you really into? You must be really into great writers that take you on a journey. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like people that will like, I like big long books, stuff that you can, you know, 
actually live in for a for a long long time you know and actually have that long long form discourse that might take you 40 hours to read or something like that you know or for um, me, a uh, year, because yeah, I have sure. the one eye on one line and one eye on another. <laughs> yeah, for maybe sure. on Audible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, like my, my but, favorite authors are like Thomas Pynchon, who does like these big scaling, you know, like uh, historical, but it, he's you know very very funny as well, and uh, you know, there's almost like a cosmology to their work. You really? know what I mean? Like so. No, I don't. Some people like, some people are like, well, if I'm not religious, then how do like. I don't even know where I heard this, but like, if I'm not religious, where, where can I find some sort of like schemata to live by, you know, like a cosmology to my world. And it's like, find one writer and read everything they've ever done. And then you have, you know, if, if they're good enough, you have a Bible of your own, you know what I mean? You have like a, not to, not to blaspheme or anything like that. Like, I just mean like, sure. It can't replace like this holy, you know, you know, uh, longstanding text written by, you know, many voices or something, but I don't know what I'm, well, I'm with you on this only because I, you know, after the psychedelics and also just a long life of exploration with, uh, spiritual teachers Mm -hmm. of different forms that have come to me, in different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're all ha- have the connection with the source. Mm-hmm. So anyone, you can write a Bible, right? Yeah, you exactly. can write a Bible. Mm-hmm. You can write a whole, you can write a sacred piece of work, but sure. I like, so in the context, this guy's, I, I've been guessing is a historical fiction. He does histor- hysterical fiction is kind of what people call it. <laughs> really? Right? So it's like, say his name one more time. I'm going to Thomas Pinchon, you know? Okay. And I'll put, I don't know him. I, I mean, yeah, he's, I'm not he's well fantastic. read. Um, oh, uh, and then I like, like, I recently got into this new writer called, uh, not a new writer, he's just Romanian and recently translated, uh, Mersha Carterescu. He's incredible. I think Solenoid, which I read this year, is the best novel of this century so far, of the two, uh, 2000s. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll put I these. Know. I'll put these in the show notes. Sure, yeah. So people can find I them. Don't, I don't know. Send me a link to them. Okay. Yeah. If you guys like really fun, <laughs> <laughs> long term, you know, uh, projects like that. And but then yeah. while you're reading it, so does it help you also? Like now, like you've probably got a book going. Mm-hmm. So when your mind starts spinning, you can go to that story a little bit. Like yes. That, it, 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 yes. It, it goes around with you mm-hmm. as like ah. Uh, wonder what's, you know, like you're just kind of living in that reality. So you can still get that respite Mm -hmm. from the OCD thoughts. I'm going to call it tether your thoughts to something. Oh, tether your thoughts to something. Yeah. I like that. And be like, Hey, let me go over the, uh, I don't know, some sort of sequence of events or some sort of a hierarchy of, uh, of power dynamics or something like that within something. I'm having some thoughts about stuff. I am starting Mm -hmm. uh, to work with a spiritual mentor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not a centaur, but that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, a spiritual centaur. <laughs> so I've started having psychic things going on. And mm-hmm. I can, I mean, it's happening over and over and over with, like, I'm saying, like, I, I at some obscure hospital up in Pennsylvania, and I just come up with a name, like a first and a last name of a doctor. And this woman goes, that was the doctor, his whole name that connected wow. me with my infant Mm-hmm. adopted daughter like he was the guy the guy that birthed her just came up with a name co- yeah uh, first wow. and last name and mm-hmm. i i have that on video like, i don't feel like i can make it happen that's why i'm not going to go out and be the psychic mm-hmm. but i do feel like when i'm called to heal and help heal and if people are open to healing mm-hmm. that's what i have to learn to ask as an uh, uh, what i've done all my life which is a mistake has <laughs> tried to heal people that don't want to heal sure, yeah, like my mother i've just got an insight about these thoughts and nothing wrong with going in and enjoying these other realities and celebrating this author who should be celebrated and having fun with these stories. But it would be so ideal if you could have a sense of empowerment over those thoughts in a way that you don't have to do that. You mm-hmm. can do it if you want. Cause I I'm hearing you say I'm wasting time. Like I feel like there is something more creative that you could do with your time if you want. Right. And no shame around all of that. Like, that's beautiful, too. But what I got was, <laughs> I got that you need to start connecting with your muses. You have all these muses around you, and they, you have opened that portal, and they are downloading all the time. Mm-hmm. And you need to have a, a conversation with them in a way that's like, here's when I need to open that. Here's when it's time to do it. And here's when it's time I need a rest. 
Right. And right. I think that you and I think we I would be happy to work with you in a way we could come back next year, see how it's going. Okay. But I want to work with channeling with them and asking them what they need and how we can give you a rest so that you can have a sense of peace, a sense of calm and just be in the moment and say, okay, right now I'm here with uh, my girlfriend at the beach right? and truly enjoying being in that moment sure, and not getting distracted by it. Does that make sense? Or would that yeah, be something definitely. you'd be interested in? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, wonderfully willing to, uh, and, and open to having an idea of like rest. Like a lot of people will be like, what do you do to relax? For example, the, the, the books and stuff, but that's a very active reading experience. So it's not really necessarily even relaxing. Like the, my answer to what do I do to relax is like, I, I don't know. I'm too engaged in pretty much all the activities I do. Yeah. You know, that's what I was picturing too. With the only time I'm just, you know, vegging or something like that. If it is, if I'm like in a, in a phone hole or something like that, yep. you know, which that's... is, which is not a good replacement, but, um, but like when I'm watching TV, when I'm like, or like watching a movie or when I'm watching, you know, reading a book or something like that, it's, it's very much too like locked in and, and doing too much mental work. Yeah. Doing it. You're still I not meditate. getting, you do. Yeah, How yeah. is that going? I mean, I've, I've meditated since I was 20, I don't know, early twenties. Oh, cool. And, I didn't know that. So that's a great, so you, yeah, you so are able I've, to, I've been, I've been to that kind of like no thought area oh, you are with ha- meditation. However, well, I'll, I'll fall in and out of it. And I'm actually at a period right now where it's like trying to like doing it maybe once every, I don't know, week or something like that. Mm-hmm. You've really got to do it every day to see like the, you know, you've got to have a really consistent schedule to see the results from it. Even, even that I, th- I think I'm more, justify to myself that it's working than it actually is working in in terms of like outside of that space you know what I mean so you can get there right but it takes a little time and you can do whatever your process is Mm -hmm. and and quiet your thoughts Mm -hmm. watch them or however you do it and then get to that like stillness Mm -hmm. wow that's empowerment yeah you already got that then but it's just a matter of then after you close the meditation it just all starts up again. I mean, I might have like a, you know, a a degree of reset or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) The answer, like more meditation. I don't don't know. Or just sleeping. But also my dreams are like really, really active and just like stressful too. (laughs) Yeah. You've got, you've got stuff going on. You've got access. I feel to all these higher free. And again, we could look at this as spiritual, or you can just look at it as quantum physics that mm-hmm. we don't quite understand all these frequencies that you, you're like a recept, you have this receptor to all these, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, it just hit me. Like, I wonder if there's a way to get a little help. This is what I'm doing with my spiritual teacher right, right. now is asking for help of how to set some of these boundaries where I over empathize with people and she's Mm -hmm. teaching me how to cut these cords afterwards. I mean, mainly I'm just learning tools of protection, but she doesn't even like the word protection. She, I think she calls it safeguarding, but where I have this gift and this curse of going into other people's stuff and their needs. And I want to be a helper healer. Like I feel like like this, my soul came in this incarnation to be a helper healer. But then again, like it got all twisted with my mom trying to help. Like I, I know I dated a several sociopaths and, um, didn't go, you know, I didn't, I didn't win. (laughs) I didn't win them over. I didn't heal them. I just lost my, you can't access the the closed gate. I could though. That was the problem is I, what I did realize is when I could go into their minds Mm -hmm. and it was like, it was like a 3d printer in my brain. And I, I lost myself is what I'm saying. Mm. And that was, you, you were in a, um, you were in an architecture that's so foreign to your own. You didn't know how to navigate. Right. It just didn't. Yeah, I right. didn't. I didn't. Like you don't know how that kind of brain works. I don't. And, so. and it's that thing where when somebody can't empathize mm-hmm. and I don't understand, like I'm trying to teach, I try to teach my ex-boyfriend for five years how to empathize. Mm-hmm. I asked him once, have you ever, what is it like to walk in someone else's shoes? And it was a completely foreign idea. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you not? And then I'm like, how do you not? You know, right. like, yeah, how do yeah. you not empathize with Michael sitting across from me and I'm putting him on the spot right now and I'm feeling a little like, am I asking too much of you? You know, but then I was like, no, I don't think so. I feel like pff, he can handle anything I would ever ask him. So I need to not worry about you. 
Yeah, it's not. It's it's more. I mean, I, I'm I'm curious because I mean, obviously, there's there's a degree of peace which could be achieved. We, you know what I mean? Yeah. In my in my life, you know what I mean? And maintain that wonderful creativity. Mm-hmm. Like that's where like we talked about medication earlier, and I kind of cut you off when you were in that journey. I don't remember. I always my own ADHD gets distracted, but the uh, fact that you started off on some meds and then. You figured out a cool way to titrate your own meds to like, here, I'm just going to use this little bit to get me through this one thing. Sure, yeah. And then I don't, you didn't like the idea of it, I don't think, of being dependent on it or what it was it. Well, I, I guess I became like, so I, like I, like I started being medicated on many different types of medications, trying this, trying that, um, when I was like 14, 15 or so, like something like that. And then took that all through high school. I would get to the point where like I would, unless I ate like the exact right amount of food in the morning that I would just start getting full body chills by like third period. Right. Like shaking. Like, well, just like cold, just cold, like a cold kind of like sweat and then feel like I'm going to like vomit, excuse myself to the bathroom or whatever, and then recollect and just go back to school. And I was just like, well, I guess, I mean, if I'm listening to the doctors, you know, like this is fine. I probably raised the the concern before or something like that. And then eventually I just got like fed up with it. And then I got to college and uh, maybe my priorities are misaligned by saying this, you know, uh, but well at, at the time, but I was, you know, an 18 year old kid is like, I would take the medic, I would be taking the medication regularly and then I would go out and I would drink and then I would smoke, um, you know, weed. And, uh, and I started blacking out, not, not as in like a blackout of memory. My vision in dark tendrils were taking over blackness to the point where I'd be walking along the road and I'd be like, guys, I am going blind right now. Wow. The combination of the... <laughs> The medication, medication, alcohol, oh, and, and, weed. and yeah, weed. And then your something and with your optic like nerve. tendrils, like, you know, like branches of darkness would just like all of a sudden, and I would go completely blind. like blind. Wow. And so I stopped taking the medication because obviously what do you need to eliminate between yeah. <laughs> alcohol and <laughs> weed? When you're in weed. college, like I, yeah. clearly I can't get rid of the alcohol and yeah, weed. I mean, that's not sure. an option. Yeah. And so I cut the, I cut that out, you know, and then... As a result of that, both the um, messing with my body and how I felt and then that instance and the other uh, drugs that I was on that made me lethargic and weight gain and stuff like that. Then I had a probably a bit too zealous of a like pharmaceutical companies are bad. And yeah, so, treating the symptoms and, right, yeah, and yeah. making money. Of course. And obviously I've come to a, I've come to a, a more of a rational uh middle ground there you know what i mean they're they're, uh, they're they're there to help it's not a it's not a grand conspiracy but that also aligned with me being more conspiracy minded when i was like in my late teens early 20s which is probably due to smoking too much and psychedelics and stuff like that you know where uh, and the fact that there is a lot of corruption in right, our world course. i mean yeah. we're lied to every single day yes for sure yeah right i try to obviously i want to find magic in life and feel like I'm on a um, maybe a journey that is that is being led by some hand or or that will when looking back on it will be a you know big tapestry instead of just a bunch of chaotic balls you know yeah uh, bouncing around I love that I love your poetic wording looking back on your life like a a tapestry and you know as uh, someone who is how old are you 31. Yeah, so I'm 32 years older. Oh, wow. I'm 32. I'm 32. I don't know if you could tell uh, by the neck. But I got to say, now that I was saying, you know, I'm on this downhill side. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing a lot of jokes about dying. I'm doing a lot of jokes about looking in the mirror and going, oh, I'm decomposing while alive. And Mm -hmm. cover myself with leaves instead of a comforter and stuff. But there is something where I'm able to see, and also I've done a lot of recovery work in the last two years where you do look at, especially with relationships, and I do see the patterns, even though it feels like chaos, but the odds of me attracting these people, I don't know how all this works. I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Uh, I don't know that it's magical thinking, but I do feel like there's synchronicities. 
I have had too many things to ignore at this point to be, but hey, I'm not trying to force anything, anybody to believe anything different. But I, I, what I'm hearing you say is that you're balancing all of it. Like you really are assimilating because you have so much knowledge. You have this capacity. Like, I mean, I can tell like just how you're talking about all this reading that you do and all this knowledge that you have. So you have a, you have a bunch of left brain and a bunch of right brain. And I see a whole bunch of higher frequency around you too. I think integrating is the key, I guess. Mm-hmm. And yeah. finding the balance that works for you that doesn't feel overwhelming. I like to create things, you know what I mean? Like, and, and also I, I like to make my own little kind of worlds, you know, I've made like many different, you know, working on a pilot right now that has like this grander world. I've had, you know, like made these audio cartoons in the past, which has its own like expanded world and stuff like that. So like when I have, when I am locked in and engaged to a thing, then I feel satisfied and productive. And I feel like, you know, like productive that I think that extends beyond just me, not just, you know, making checks that I think people can enjoy. I mean, the number one thing that would make me happy in life right now is someone giving me a job as a writer, like, cause then I can use all the things and still not be constantly in the mire of poverty right now. You know what I mean? I feel that that's a reasonable ask right. yeah. of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Let's like, put it out there. I will there. give you good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to add substantial value to whatever the project you will have a thousand ideas (laughs) yeah it's like throw this out throw this out okay this and then you not only are the idea guy but then you can take the idea and you can make it into that 3d world Mm -hmm. so what would tell me your dream job let's put it out to the loving universe right now and we if we can picture it like see yourself you've got this great like would it be a telecommuting thing are you going in do you like being in the room with the people or do you want to do it from home who are like, and, and then what's the type of project? Is it an ongoing show that has a, like a season arc? Do you want to do that? Like a, a kind of a series? Yes. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, um, a either animated or live action, like ongoing fictional narrative. Ah. Yeah. And I, and I, from the small independent, like, you know, I've, the things I've made have been as a result of working in a, small independent writing rooms with people. And that's, I mean, absolutely where I thrive in the world. You know what I mean? It's like, so you like being in person? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so being in person Yeah. and then are you willing to relocate? Does it need, where, where do you want yes. it to be? Yes. I'm You're willing, willing to, to, I'm willing to go relocate. wherever that yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And okay, we're going to manifest this. And I, and it's a project that is very, I love animation for you because then the sky's the limit, yeah. but with CG, I mean, they can do anything for sure. You don't even have to think practically about this. You can think just dreamy ideal, like that somebody just re- like the right person, like, oh my God, I need to get this guy on this right. project today and pay them because they are worth it. You you have value. You're going to bring value. And it's, it's so fun. Yes. And it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, when, when people are celebrating and seeing, like when you create that reality and you get to point that many more eyes at the same reality and it does become a 3d world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, fun. I mean, we're working on my, like my, my, my sketch group that we used to run a live show with, you know, we're working on a pilot right now um, that we're on like rewrite number eight or whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Of just like, you know, really, really fine tuning this thing. And we're going to, um, we're planning on, you know, grassroots, like ourselves making a proof of concept pilot in the spring and everything like that. But you know, I love it. And that's what social media linking up with possibly a producer to maybe actualize that, but we're going to make it anyway, no matter what the funding yeah. that we end up getting, you know, we're yeah. going to make it anyway. I, but. I love it. And I love the GoFundMes now. Mm. We're not doing this for the money, but we need to eat. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. If you're anxious about food, it's hard to be creative. Right. That's all. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, where where could people see any of the, or I know you, you told the Instagram, but where else can we see? Sure, we got Instagram. I was talking about these audio cartoons that um, I do. Uh, that's called Meatloaf and the Milkman. Actually, you did the old, uh, oh. uh, the live show. It's completely changed into these audio cartoons. And we have oh like, God, I haven't we seen have like movie long uh, or like, you know, some of them are 45 minutes. Some of them are more like 30 minutes of, of like full, full long stories. Really? Of, um, I haven't seen it. We call them audio cartoons because it's, it's like everything about a cartoon except 
there's no visuals like you know what i mean <laughs> so it's a narrative podcast but it's filled with songs it's filled with facts it's theater of the theater mind. of the mind yes yes uh, so we've been making those for years and um, that's you can find that on Apple Pods or Spotify. And it's called Meatloaf and the Milkman. That's called Meatloaf and the Milkman. Oh, man, I haven't heard it. I'm going to check it out. In summary, uh-huh. <laughs> as we wrap up our time yeah. together, um, and again, I'll probably edit out some of my spiritual healing stuff, but I really do feel I loved it. I honestly like have a feeling about this. I mm-hmm. want to talk to you about it. Like, okay. I, I'm practicing mm-hmm. uh, healing um, people <laughs> who are, who want to heal. It's, it's really you only heal yourself. Mm-hmm. But like, if I can connect you with the tools, the muses come in on your terms, mm-hmm. on your terms, and that you get to be present when you want to be present, if you want. I think a lot of us creative folks get scared, like, oh man, if I start controlling it, maybe I won't be able to access it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's true. I think we really can like take a break and go, okay, right now I need to uh, clean the kitchen and peel an avocado or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do people peel avocados? You really don't. You kind of scoop them out, don't you? I, I think I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> I just, <laughs> this whole time just flaking it off. <laughs> All right. Here's what I gathered today that your comedy predominantly is almost like an aside to reality. It is a form of reality, but it's more of an aside and a, a shiny light. That like, hey, let's go over here and play. I I, th- I think there's therapeutic qualities to doing it. I think that comedy has been tremendously, tremendously helpful to me in that I think I had a lot of thoughts even as a child. And this was a way to actually like like getting getting my thoughts reflected back to me. You know what I mean? Yes. As like as like you know, a bit of not this cloying accept me, but this like, do you like this? And, and, and I've been so overwhelmingly blessed by the response that I've gotten. I, I heard you. I see you. I celebrate you. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Like, yeah. really, thank you for like, you know, da- you know, helping my spirit dance in a laughter way like that. Like, Good. Yeah. But, thank you. Thank you for, um, you know, you're always so warm and you're such a, uh, such a good foundational figure in uh, Denver comedy and just in general whenever I'm talking to you. Oh, yeah. thank you. I feel like I'm not always that way with everybody. Just know that. Sure. <laughs> there are people <laughs> listening going, oh, yeah. Anyway, but thanks for taking this time. Hey, thank you. And I, I'm just going to see you in a fun, co-creative writing room, having a blast and just building something that people – like you're giving other people like you the same respite mm-hmm. that you get from your authors. Right. Like you're paying it forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Nancy. <laughs> Did you have a final thought? I always have trouble with closure. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, if we, if we work on this, uh, on this inner peace thing that, uh, we were talking about, you know, maybe we'll give you an update on it. Okay. Tune yeah. in next season. That's what next I want to do. Some follow up. Like, okay. I think it'll be interesting. Like, yeah, where sure. are they now? Like when we hear about you writing on this amazing popular thing. And that's what I think social media can do too. If you like, all it takes, I guess, is one, one thing that people just start like sharing yeah, and goes sure. viral. And then is like, and then it becomes a thing. Yeah. All right. We're seeing it happen. Thank you, Michael Isaacs. Thank you, Nancy Norton. See you next time. I want to thank my guest, Michael Isaacs underscore on Instagram. Check him out. Go to his bio. Find all the other links to everything. I'm going to put links in the show notes and maybe a little bit about OCD and unwanted thoughts. Kids, find an outlet. That's all I can say. Keep expressing yourself, talking about it. See what other people are doing, what's helping them. Go to a spiritual healer. I don't know. I want to thank my son, Nathaniel Norton, who helps with my music here. And thank you, the listener, as always. Thanks for tuning in every Tuesday. It's Traumedy Tuesday, a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you so much for the support and letting me know what you need. How can we help? Remember, no matter what, keep laughing. Traumedy is a higher power production. <laughs>